1: Coming up at 3.30, Elisa Hernandez from the NFL Network, L-Snap host. She's Dodger Stadium host, does a lot of fantastic work around the sports world. She'll join us coming up at 3.30. Also want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200, our broke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. The question that we threw out there to you, what's your biggest question you have about the Raiders? Just moving forward, you know, when you look at that team, I guess it's easy to pick who's the quarterback going to be, but I feel like there's a lot more questions that need to be answered. we got plenty of calls we'll get to, got plenty of texts. I do want to let you know, if you're here locally and you're a big VGK fan, a big Vegas Golden Knight fan, uh, our guy, Ryan the Hockey Guy, from our sister station, uh, Fox Fox Sports Las Vegas, is actually having an official VGK viewing party tomorrow at 3 p.m. at the Virgin Hotels 24 Oxford. Go on by there, hang out again. It starts at three o'clock. They have all kind of prizes, gift cards. Uh the there's gonna be cheerleaders out there, Las Vegas cheerleaders, um, all kind of different things going on. It's gonna be a fun uh activity. Twenty four Oxford, it's uh it's right between it's at the Harmon Garage. You'll you'll see the Harmon Garage. That's where you park. It's 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 pretty easy to find. Uh, but just come on out there. I think that uh, after I get the haircut and do a couple things around the house and check out the Shrine Bowl, a little bit of practice and talk to a couple players, probably head over there myself and check it out. I I still haven't, Damon. As long as I've been here in Vegas, I still have not gone to a Golden Knights game at T-Mobile. I'm I am tripping because I know that it's a hell of a, a time, and I still have not made my way yet.
2: You're missing out, Q. It's I one know. of the. It's one of the best tickets in town.
1: Right, I know. And so I need to, I need to get to T-Mobile, but since, I, since obviously they're on the road, <laughs> uh, I could get to at least the watch party. There's signed VGK merchandise, multiple players have signed stuff, tickets to upcoming games, gift cards, all kind of good wow. stuff. So Yeah, exactly. So it's a big deal. So uh, if you're around town and you're looking for something to do, Right. That's that's uh, that's that'd be something pretty cool to do every once in a while. When we're at Buffalo Wild Wings, when we are at Buffalo Wild Wings throughout the course of the year and VGK would be on at the same time, it would be so much fun to sit there. and We talk football, but we sit there and watch the Golden Knights on the TVs as well. So that was always fun. So just imagine it being basically the same type of thing.
2: And are you saying and this is at Virgin, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-four Oxford.
2: Okay, yeah, I know exactly what my plans is going to be for tomorrow.
1: I'm <laughs> going to go. You change the game now, huh? I'm going to go
2: watch the Lady Rebels at two. This yep. starts at three, so I can come by after the Lady Rebels play. Put on my fake mustache and say I'm not a Lotus employee and uh, try to get a prize or two.
1: Man, you just won. You just won a, a VGK signed jersey. You just won it at the party we had last Friday.
2: They didn't, Nobody else knew that.
1: Everyone knows
2: that. No, no, they didn't. They do now. Yeah, they did. I won a Mark Stone autograph jersey. See, my most prized possession. Now. And then
1: you wore it like a dummy. It's got an autograph, and you wore it.
2: Yeah, just put it on just to see. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna sell it.
1: No, you're not. You're supposed to. Fra- Those are framables.
2: Why not a wearable?
1: because it's, it's, it's got an autograph on it.
2: I'm not gonna spill anything on it. It's on the back.
1: You're not. Why would you? Why would you wear it with the autograph? Frame it. Put it on your wall. It's a collectible.
2: Am I, I can't show it off. I'm a walking billboard if I wear it in the public. What am I going to do, invite people over and say, hey, come look at this
1: jersey? No, you, you you start to develop a room. I'm looking at my, I have a Marshawn Lynch Raider jersey assigned on my wall right here. I'm looking at it. It's all good.
2: Yeah, but you got to tell people you got to, if I wear it in public.
1: At some point, people come over my house. At some point, people come over your house. <laughs> or if you develop an office in your house like I have, it sits around the office and it looks like a cool little office. I got Akon signed autograph, uh, you know, little um, the little platinum plaque. I got a high five platinum plaque. I got Erica Badu behind me. I got India Ari. Got Kimani. I mean, look, I got I got the hookup. I got. Well, you can't wear those plaques. No, I know, but you, can you wear put them on the jersey. wall. I know, but still, <laughs> it, it, it goes with the whole wall. I got a jersey. I got a Marshawn Lynch jersey. I got a Russell Wilson's wife Sierra got an autograph picture of her. Sea Wood, me and Sea Wood at the Hall of Fame party. I like, like, you start to build the thing slowly, one, one item at a time. That's how you put this thing together. I'm trying to learn you, man. All
2: right, I got the one then.
1: <laughs> Tamon's like, the hell with that? I'm wearing it. <laughs> I know that's right. 702 365 9200. We want to hear from you. Ray in Vegas, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
3: What up, Q? I appreciate everything y'all do for the Raider Nation, but my biggest, I want us to be smart. Okay. If we trade up, I want us to get a good quality player. I would love to see us trade down with Philadelphia for the ten pick and maybe their 30th pick or 31st, depending on how they do, and get a couple good players. But my biggest concern is Patrick Graham. Okay. I haven't heard you guys talk about Patrick Graham enough. He, I don't feel like he he's ever shown that he's a good defensive coordinator. When he was with the Giants, I wasn't very impressed. You had a caller early in in in, in training, and she was saying how they hated him in New York and how he wasn't going to make it. And and I was I was hopeful because I think Ziggler's doing a good job. The jury's out on Josh McDaniels, but I just want us to be smart and do something productive. Go Raiders.
1: Nice call. Hey, good stuff, Ray. I appreciate you. Yeah, that was uh, Danielle McCartan. We call her coach. Uh, she does a fantastic job at WFAN. And you're right, she wasn't very impressed. And I remember when we finished up that conversation, I looked at DeMond and was like, well, that's not a really glowing review about Patrick Graham. The one thing that I know about Patrick Graham when he was with the Giants that he did really well was he, he helped the Giants stay in the game against the Chiefs. Right? He defended Patrick Mahomes and company really well. At least his defense did go up against the Chiefs really well. So in my mind, that was a really good, a good sign of, okay, that's the best team in the division. So if you have a guy that has a good idea, a little bit of a blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs or at least how to slow them down, that's what you need. Uh, he's a guy that honestly, and I know that a lot of people aren't impressed by him, and I know a lot of people probably don't want to hear this. He's a guy that's been up for plenty of head coaching jobs right? I mean, and, and he clearly took a step back this year. Like, nothing he did this year is going to impress somebody to the point where it's like, hey, let's go hire that guy. But he he interviewed with a, f- a few teams for the uh, potential head coaching job and, and their head coaching job. So, uh, he's well-respected around the league, but I, I think that you're, you're right. I think you're right that he's got to show more and I understand that he might not have had exactly what he needed to execute his system, but at some point, you got to work with what you got. You got to figure it out. You know, if you got... If you got lemons, you got to find a way to make lemonade. You know, I mean, that's just what it is. You know, it's, it's not always ideal. So I think that the jury's out. I think, honestly, Ray, to your point, I think the jury's out on, on uh, a lot of the coaches, and they have a lot to prove this upcoming year. Now, obviously, there's a long way to go before that. they got to go through the, you know, free agency. They've got to go through the draft. They've got to go through, you know, cut downs, all that. I mean, there's, there's a long way to, to go before they can ever prove anything. Before they're ever back on the field, but I, I think that they have a lot to prove. They really do. So it's going to be an interesting year for a lot of folks that are uh, on the field wearing the silver and black, and also on the sideline wearing the silver and black. So uh, that's good. That's a good. Te- that's a good call, my man. I, I do appreciate you. Uh, next up, we got a text from Big Dub Raider. Uh, Wow, Q, the high five plaque. I was a big Tony Thompson fan, the lead singer. It's pretty dope. Hope the Raiders front office just built the team up for success. Whatever that is, go Raiders. That's big dub Raider. And, yeah, high five, to my not knowledge, I had no idea, was actually a Waco, Texas group. I had no idea. I knew who High Five was, uh, obviously being in hip-hop and R&B, and uh, I, I knew, I knew uh, High Five was fantastic. Uh, Tony Thompson was great, uh, rest in peace. But, man, I had no idea that, that they were a, a, a Waco, Texas group until I got to Waco, Texas and realized that. And they, can't, they made a comeback. And why I have a High Five plaque is they, they tried to make a comeback, and they had a song that was actually pretty good, and... Their PR guy brought it to me at the radio station, and PR guys don't do this anymore. They don't bring music; they just email it to you and say, "Play my song." He brought it to me and said, "What do you think?" And I was like, "I like it." Plus, it was a Waco song. Well, was, you know, they're from Waco, so I was like, "Cool, I'll play it." So I played it. I played it in pretty heavy rotation, and it did well. It did really well. And so once you know, once other uh, radio stations started seeing that there was some some movement on it, other radio stations started playing it. So in appreciation, he uh, he brought me a plaque. Uh, it's, it has a bunch of pictures of the group on it. it has my picture on it with uh, with the group. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, they don't make those kind of things anymore. They really don't. But to have that on the wall, I thought that that was, uh, that was pretty cool. So that's what i got to hold on to forever. So there's that. So thank you so much for that uh, that text, Big Dub Raider. I do appreciate it. Let's go out to the 209. Let's talk to our friend Jesse. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey,
0: what's up, Q, man? It's been a minute since I called in, man. I just wanted to chime in on the Raiders quarterback situation. Okay. Uh, look, man, if we got the number seven pick, I know everybody is just wondering what we're going to do, obviously. It, it, I just feel like if we're going to pick a quarterback, no matter what, if we get Brady or whatever happens with this free agent ordeal, we've got to get a quarterback for the future. We've we got to find a way to get this guy, C.J. Stroud, man. I, I, okay. I know people are skeptical about him, but I like what he, I like his body of work. I watched all of his college games. We cannot strike out on this pick, Q. we got to get a quarterback in the future because if we don't get a quarterback in this year's draft and we try to just do a bridge quarterback thing, we're not going to end up getting in this type of position next year because we're going to end up having a, a lower pick in next year's draft. So we got to take advantage and get our guy now. That way we don't have to worry about being in this situation next year and all of a sudden we're, we're drafting at like 18, 19, and the quarterback draft class is not as good as this guy. I, I got to get C.J. Stroud, Q. It's all or nothing this year on getting this guy. I don't care what we got to do to get him. Please go out and get this guy. I don't care what happens in free agency. Go Raiders, Q. I
1: like it. I like it. He's very uh, focused, Focus in on C.J. Stroud. He's picked his guy. And I'll say, you know what, to his credit, He's better than me because I haven't picked my guy. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, I think that C.J. Stroud is the most intriguing to me, but I think, DeMont, it's easy to be nervous by C.J. Stroud because he comes from Ohio State, right? And everyone says, oh, Ohio State quarterbacks, can you, you know, are they going to succeed in the league? The question mark's still out about Justin Fields. Uh, C.J. Stroud has been, you know, he's been good. Is he going to continue to work and grind and get better? I mean, there's so many question marks, but I, I think that C.J. Stroud is the guy I like as well. I just. I. I I don't want to say I need to be convinced a little bit more, but I think I need to just do a little bit more homework.
2: No, I think what you said is right. Do you need to be convinced a little bit more? I know that there's not much that he can do from now until the draft, but how, how good is C.J. Stroud? Right. If you're being projected as the third-best quarterback in this draft— I mean, let's look at back at some previous drafts. Is that third guy that gets taken off the board in the first round, is he usually a hit? Because I do think that for the teams involved that have those top picks, Will Levis is being talked about more than C.J. Stroud is now. Right. I feel like it was a little bit different like in season, yeah. but now that we're in the offseason, I feel like Will Levis has jumped C.J. Stroud as that number two quarterback to come off the board. Maybe it's no fault of his own, right? But what are the what are the front offices seeing, or at least in these mock drafts? I know it's very early, but in these mock drafts, no one's talking about C.J. Stroud. Hey, could he jump up, or is anyone going to reach and take him at number one?
1: No, no, they're not. You know, and the last thing I remember seeing from C.J. Stroud is he went toe to toe with Georgia. Georgia is the defending national champions now, two times in a row, <laughs> right? So he he put in a hell of a performance against Georgia. So I think that that's really good for him moving forward. But I think there's still. Some question marks out there, so uh, that's that's a really good call. Um, you know, I wish it was one of those drafts where there is like four or five guys that you could look at and be like, yeah, all those guys are solid, right? I mean, remember where the Patriots draft Mac Jones? Where is he? Fifteenth overall? They got him at number fifteen, and they're very comfortable with him. I think C.J. Stroud could be better than Mac Jones, right? I mean, do you? How do you? When you look at those two guys, do you think Mac Jones is better? Now he's a he's a defending national champion, and he was coming off a national championship. So you you see that he could be a leader of men. Could C.J. Stroud be better than Mac Jones?
2: Oh, I definitely think that he can be better than Mac Jones. Another thing that he has going in his favor is the size. Where I know that Will Levis, where they talk about him, he could be a Josh Allen light. But they're the same height. They're both listed at Mm 6'3". Maybe he doesn't have the weight on him, but that's bigger than Bryce Young. I mean, not as big as Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson. Right. But Anthony
1: I, Richardson scares me to death. <laughs> I know a lot of people are high on Anthony Richardson. I think – I'm not going to say what I was about to say because that's probably disrespectful. But I, that
2: man – you you going to make a bowl comparison? You no, say, no,
1: oh, no. I, I said a lot of people are high on him. I was going to say I, I might have to get high to be high on him, right? I mean, I'm just I'm – just, he scares me to death. He really does, man. I mean, because I just – I feel like he has so much upside, but I feel like he almost has too much upside, right? yes. He, yes. He, to, to me, he looks like he could be – the world's greatest athlete, but I don't know if he could be the world's greatest quarterback. And who was
2: the guest that we had on recently where they talked about C.J. Stroud from Ohio State? But it was that he he didn't use his legs too much. That lack of mobility, I don't know if that. Jay he,
1: Richardson, Jay Richardson for or not Jay Richardson, Jay Stevens, excuse me, yes, from locked on uh, Buckeyes.
2: So I don't know if it's the fact that C.J. Stroud can't run or he's unwilling to run. But I looked at the numbers and he like less than a couple hundred rushing yards on the season. Right, And the only time that he did was in that game against Georgia, and he showed that he could scoot a little bit, but makes me wonder why was that he in the season about him not running?
1: Right. No, that's a good question. So we want to hear from you. What's your biggest question you have surrounding the silver and black? Let us know. 702 365 9200. Matter of fact, that's the same number to be called number nine. Be calling number nine right now. Black Crows tickets. We've had them all week long. We're going to give you a pair right now. You want them? You got them. 702 365 9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. This is Red Nation Radio 920.
0: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio.
1: Gotta give a big shout out to my guy Milheim. Was calling number nine. Is gonna go see the Black Crows. we have giving out tickets all week long next week. Woo! We've got some tickets for you, excited about everything that we have to give out next week, very excited about everything going on in the city of Las Vegas in the next couple of weeks. Of course, you got the Pro Bowl, you got the Celebrity All-Star Game, uh, we've got the, the schwar- how do we say that, Schwarz. Schwarzay, is it Schwarzay? Schwarzay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, fancy word. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that damn word, how it's written in my head, and it still don't look right. And I even know what it is, and it still don't look right. But that's going to be fancy. That's going to be on Friday. We're going to get you in to win that. we got some Raider swag, Raider Nation Radio 920 swag that we're going to give out to you to get you in to win that, uh, tickets to that. That's, that's a big deal. Those tickets are expensive, and we're going to be giving out tickets to that. So all next week, please believe we're going to load you up with a lot of great stuff. But uh, shout-out to uh, all our ticket winners for the Black Crows that we gave out all week long. Coming up at 3.30, Elisa Hernandez, NFL Network, l post. Uh, She's a Dodger Stadium host. She does a lot of stuff. Uh, She'll be joining us at 3.30. We'll talk a little NFL action with her, what she's got going on, what she's been doing all season long, and what she thinks about these games coming up this weekend. But we threw the question out there. What's your biggest question that you have about the Raiders? Or even what's your biggest statement? We've got a lot of really good feedback. This one's from uh, Rob in Oakland. He's always really good when when he texts in. I've recently wondered whether the front office made a tactical error by setting a hard deadline on Derek's contract for February 15th. It's clear the two sides are moving on from one another, and if I'm a GM from another team, I don't have incentive to trade for a player I can get for less money after February 15th. That's, the, that's Honestly, as much as who the quarterback's going to be next, that is the big question. Are they going to be able to trade this guy, or are they going to have to release him? Right? Because to, to Rob's point, my gut feeling says they're going to have to release him. Because why would you... Why would you trade for a guy that you know is not going to be on the roster? But then again, if there's multiple teams out there, maybe you, you know, maybe they get into a bidding war. So maybe it makes more sense to trade. I don't know. That's that's my that's the million dollar question. I think that that's probably the biggest question for the right now for the present. You know, February 15th is around the corner. By the time we get back to town from from Radio Row, that's going to be February. What, 10th, maybe a little bit later? Depending on if, you know, you stay or not. Like, I'm not staying. I'm out of there on the 10th. But Taman might find a way to hustle up and stay on someone else's couch. And if that's the case, I'm out of there. I'm on the first thing smoking. I'm gone. <laughs> you and Jared, you guys can going to have fun. But, uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, is, is there going to be a team that's going to be willing to trade for him? Or have they kind of put themselves in a position where they're just going to have to flat out release him?
2: Yeah, and to Robin Oakland's point where I like how he said a tactical error because it just, from the outside looking in, maybe they know something that we don't. Like you said earlier, we don't know the plan. But to have it a couple of days after the Super Bowl, it just doesn't make any sense. Why not push it back? Well, when you've written the contract, the language in it, why not have it in March at the start of the new league year, maybe at, at that exact date? So as soon as the new league year starts, you can already have that trade boom, bat, boom, it's already done. So for me, I think you have to release him because you just can't take that chance no matter what the trade partners say initially. initially. So just go ahead and release them a couple of days after the Super Bowl and go on about your merry way because, as people have reported, Derek Carr isn't interested in doing the team any favors.
1: No, and he shouldn't. Anything he does should do should be in his best interest at all times. I honestly— when they wrote the contract or when the contract was, was written and, and the details were kind of rolled out and we started to learn about this, this February 15th date, to me, that, that told me, I was like, oh, there's no doubt they're going to they're gonna pick it up. He, he's definitely going to be the quarterback next year. That was my thing. I was like, oh, yeah, there's, I've, who cares what the date is? Doesn't matter. He's going to be the guy next year anyway. Well, here you go. <laughs> right now, now they go through uh, you know 15 games, and now he's not the guy. Played the final two games with Jarrett Stidham as the quarterback. So now you're looking at that date like, well, maybe that's kind of puts you in a predicament, a predicament that you didn't think that you were going to be in. So uh, that's a that's a good question that Rob throws out there. Uh, sticking with Derek Carr, Jim from Yonkers said, "Why did Josh McDaniels give up on Derek Carr? It can't just be the contract." Thank you. And I'll say this, and it'll be probably be taken wrong, not by Jim but by somebody. I don't think if you are with an organization for nine years, they're giving up on you. I, I don't think that that's the definition of a give-up, right? I mean, I, I think that that's they decided that they wanted to move on and they wanted more than what he was providing. I don't know if it was the philosophy. I don't know if it was personality. I don't know if it was they just didn't see enough in the you know 15-game sample size. I don't know what the case was. But I don't think that if you're with the organization or with any job for nine years, I don't think anyone's giving up on you, <laughs> right? I mean, because nine years is, is – uh, I mean, look – it seems like it's, it, it's a short amount of time, but if you, man, if you look at the landscape of the league, nine years is, is, is a long time. And I know the quarterback position, they usually last a little bit longer, but nine years in the NFL, it's nothing to shake a stick at and be like, man, you, you had a very short career. No, you didn't. That's nine years. That's multiple contracts. That's, that's not too bad. That's yeah. not, I, don't, I don't think I'd ever say that that's actually given up on someone.
2: No, but for Jim's specific question, why did Josh McDaniels, not the Raiders organization, Josh McDaniels, I think that for me, not just it being the contract, hey, $40 million, is that a little bit too pricey? But maybe he just saw, initially, who knows, 15 games in, Derek Carr isn't the quarterback that I can win with. But I know we say it all the time, Derek Carr can go somewhere. Hey, last year, if you put him on the Rams, could he have done exactly what Matt Stafford did? We both believe yes. But for Josh McDaniels, for him, maybe it was, I can't win the way I want to with Derek
1: Carr. Very possible. And and we probably will never have the answer to that question, Jim, unfortunately. Right? I mean, and again, it's uh it's it's more of just all right, we got a good sample size of, of what this guy could do and we don't think that it's what we want. One way or the other. It just it, it clearly wasn't exactly what, what they were looking for, as far as I'm concerned. So that's that's really I guess that's the best way you could put it. You know, I mean that's that's really all you can say. Again, it was fifteen games and that was it. So there you go. Continue to hit us with those texts. Don't be broke.com. Text line 69187 keyword RNR. When we come back, Elisa Hernandez, NFL Network. She'll join us. This is Red Edition Radio 920.
0: Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Q.
1: Coming up at 4 o'clock, Carolina Teague. She's out there in San Antonio, Texas, the site of the Royal Rumble. Damon's excited to talk the little Royal Rumble. Talk about The Rock, the possibility of The Rock coming back. Will The Rock return? That's really all I know, so that's all I can really talk about. But I do know some NFL, and our next guest is going to talk some NFL with us. Joining us on the phone lines now is our good friend Elisa Hernandez, NFL Network, El Snap, Dodger Stadium host. Elisa, you do a little bit of everything. How's things been going?
4: (laughs) I mean, what day is it?
1: Exactly. (laughs)
4: <laughs> that's kind of how it feels you know we have baseball picking up too. dodgers returning for fanfest first time in three years and then we're getting ready for the pro bowl in your neck of the woods las mm-hmm. vegas before heading out to arizona for the super bowl so it's been a lot of fun um and speaking of the rock i think we have uh we have to always sneak in some Stone cool steve austin references and uh wrestlemania is going hollywood so there's gonna be a lot of action around my neck of the woods uh
1: soon (laughs) nice nice i like it see that's see alisa's a person of the people right she's got everything (laughs) she's tied in she's gonna be out here for the pro bowl and was the last time that uh we talked was it in la last year for the super bowl when you were on radio row yeah i think so i we might have talked a little baseball you know in between that oh yeah that's right in person
4: definitely radio row um here in la so excited that it won't be too far but then super bowl is gonna be in vegas Mm -hmm. the following year and i look No disrespect to my Arizona people, but I feel like everyone, that's the Super Bowl they're waiting for.
1: (laughs) Right. That part. Exactly. I cannot wait till it's here in Las Vegas for multiple reasons, but it's going to be fantastic. So you've been doing so much. I've been paying attention to what you've been doing on on Twitter and and, uh, you know, throughout the course of the NFL season. One, I can't believe it's almost wrapped up already. But, (laughs) you know, what was some of the big highlights that you did this uh, this season for the NFL year?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's so many, especially as we kind of had such a high rise of Latino players in the NFL. So I really focused on kind of building um, that community and showcasing, giving these players a platform. And I got exposed to so many players from different backgrounds. Um, the NFL did the DeCal initiative during um, week five and six, I believe where players from all different countries um, were able to represent their heritage on their helmets for two, for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool because we saw, players representing Korea, Japan, yep. Uruguay, you know, Chile, Mexico, the U.S. itself, you know, so it was it was really amazing to see such a diverse, you know, representation from different countries. And I think we all learned a lot, too, which is what I'm all about. Um, I think the, the two biggest highlights for me were Latino Heritage Month. We worked with Najee Harris, Ron Rivera, Mikey Davis um chris olave uh to give custom cleats to them where they represented their heritage so chris olave wide receiver for the saints thousand yard season he wore custom cleats in the uk which represented his cuban heritage uh which i thought was really cool so getting to work with these players uh, letting them tell their stories we work with demarcus lords from the cowboys mm-hmm. you know he represented the mexican flag in honor of his wife and his wife's heritage um i think it gave fans a really good look like oh wow like i didn't know that about my favorite player or hey like i'm a fan of you now because of this and so kind of creating that was amazing and the thing that really you know put the cherry on this season was working with the great el rey de reggaeton daddy yankee Uh, i took him (laughs) to his first nfl game um in tampa bay he's a really big tom brady fan um he got to meet Tom Brady, and you know when they met, you know I was, I mean I, it's any meet and greet, right? Hey, what's up? How you doing? Let's you right. know, bye. <laughs> you know, and they really connected. You know, they talked for like a solid, you know, thirty minutes. You know, just going back and forth, asking about each other's families, careers, and things like that. And I thought that was really cool. And then Brady had a heck of a game um, to win the division on Sunday, which was great. Obviously, they didn't make it to the, uh, you know, they didn't move on the playoffs. But um, just kind of seeing someone enjoy the NFL for the first time was so refreshing to me, right? Because I feel like I get a little jaded. You know, sometimes (laughs) I get a little, you know, I take it for granted sometimes how amazing this sport is. Mm -hmm. And so seeing someone enjoy that for the first time and seeing that excitement of like being down, you know, 17 and coming back and winning the game. And it's like, Seeing that, you know, natural joy was really cool to see, and I'm happy that we were able to give them that experience.
1: Yeah, I remember that. I remember you uh, tweeting out some pictures of Daddy Yankee and Tom Brady, and and I, I mean, that one just really stood out to me in a major way. Again, we're talking with Elisa Hernandez here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and to say roughness. So, speaking of Tom Brady, obviously his name is in. In the, in the headlines all the time. There's a lot of speculation. Is he going to play this upcoming year? Where is he going to play? Some of the rumors have him here in Las Vegas. What do you think Tom Brady has left, just from what you saw? What, what, how much do you think he has left in the tank?
4: You know, he has more than people think. And I know, look, I know that he, he struggled a lot, but his offensive line wasn't the greatest this season, that's my opinion. So I feel like whenever you put him in a position to win, he still does that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he yeah. had some crazy games. I think mean, he beat the Saints last second, even the game he had against the Panthers. Now, he struggled to beat some teams that everyone thought he should have really beat. But I think, you know, what? standing at 45 years old, you know, like, literally could split his career in half, and he'll have a whole of his career in both. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that I think he still has a lot. It's just a matter of a personal choice of, like, what else do you want to do? Because I feel like at this point, you're playing just because you want to. You're playing because... Mm-hmm. You, you still love it, and it still makes you happy. And I know that sounds uh, mushy and stuff for my fans out there, but, I mean, at this point in his career, like, what else is there to prove? You know right. what I mean? You went into a brand-new conference, you won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? You yeah. where you dominated another conference. You dominated teams. Like, you've broken records. You lead in all these amazing accolades. It's like, what else is there for you to do? And I think, for me, in my opinion, the only thing for Brady to do is for him to decide on his own when he's leading, and I think for him, I have like my little conspiracy theory that he came back because the media put out that he was yeah. retiring. Yeah, he was yeah. Like you know what, just to make all your reports wrong, I'ma come back. So, I think he just really wants to go out on his term. And I just feel like this season didn't go the way he wanted. Um, that he's, you know, I think I think he might have, you know, one or two years left. Uh, you know, we saw that with Peyton, right? You know, yeah. Peyton left the Colts and went to the Broncos. He was there for four years. Went to Super Bowl two out of the four years. So I can see Brady putting in another
1: two. Again, we're talking with Elisa Hernandez here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say rough this. Is my man DeBond's got one for you.
2: Well, if Daddy Yankee's going to follow Tom Brady wherever he goes, I need <laughs> Tom Brady to come to Vegas so we can get the Daddy Yankee performance in <laughs> <laughs> Allegiant Stadium for halftime next year, first
1: of all.
4: <laughs> you know, I'm going to slide that over. I'm going to slide that over because I'm telling you, uh, you know, that I, – I look as. As a fan, you know everyone says like you need to be a, you know you need to be my partisan. You can't have a team. Now, I have a team. All right, my team is Denver Broncos. I know I'm <laughs> um, like I'm gonna get booed right now, but nah, you're good. you know I do not need Tom Brady in the AFC West. I just I don't I don't. <laughs> it's not fair. I don't want it. Like no. <laughs> so you know it, it's gonna be interesting to see how how the Raiders situation plays out. It's not a bad fit. You know what I mean? It it could really work. but it, it ties back into the Josh McDaniels thing, right? So it's like do you want to be under that regime? Do you go back home and just finish it out? You know what I'm saying? You you kind of there's so many things in flux. I think for me, the ones that really kind of stand out would be the Raiders, San Francisco, and then going back home to the Patriots. Like it's just one of the to me like it, it's just those three. I never thought I would see Brady in another jersey, but I just I don't see him in Tennessee. I don't see him in Miami. Um you know, I, I just don't see him at those I don't see him in the Jets. So it's like, it, but, you know, we, we've we seen crazier things. I mean, LaDain and Thomas went to the Jets, and that blew my mind. Right, <laughs> so, that <laughs> we've
0: part. We've seen crazier
2: things. Mm. So since you're a Broncos fan, now i got to ask you, do you think that whoever the next coach for the Broncos can be, that he can fix Russell Wilson or is Russ cooked? You know, Russell,
4: I feel like Russell – has has a little bit left. I think that the problem, we need to get a coach that can actually play to his strengths, right? We had a lot of defensive-minded coaches the last couple of the, last couple of years with the Broncos, and I think that that's really helped when we had our stars in that We had Vaughn, we had Chubbs, you know, we had, like, these big guys that would mask our offensive struggles, you know, and would help us out with, like, really just focusing on the run game. But now that, like, those guys are gone, and we have, you know, Pastor Sertain, and we have, like, these guys that are good, but more on the offensive side, like defensive and offensive side, I think you need a coach that's really going to complement the offense and complement what Russell can do, complement his mobility. You know, the Broncos haven't had a mobile quarterback in a while, like, you know, right. that could actually, like, run. And so when you don't develop that kind of scheme, you know, it's hard for that player to flourish in that way. You know, and, and I think mm-hmm. that's very clear, especially when you look at the Chiefs and you look at Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. What makes them so successful is that, he gives him an opportunity to run around. Now, you see when he's a pocket passer because of his injury, he had to sit back. Is he still magical? Yes. But is it as magical? No. And that relies on the coach understanding, like, okay, I'm going to let you shine here, and I'm going to make these plays and adjust the offense to you because you are the playmaker. You know, they had Tyreek Hill. They had all those things. But all Tyreek Hill did go far, and, you know, he would get on the ball. So mm-hmm. I think if the Broncos can kind of find an offensive-minded coach, I think that can really help. Um, with the struggles that they've been having, I think, I think still has it in him. And I mean, we paid him all that money. He, he better not be cooked. All right. I need to, go, I need to recipes, bro. So that's all I'm going to say
1: about that. Look at that. The fan came out. And she said, he better not be cooked, bro. All that money better not be cooked. I heard that. <laughs> I ain't mad. I'm not mad at you at all. Again, Lisa Hernandez is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary roughness. So uh, how about the other veteran quarterback that's out there? How about Aaron Rodgers? We know he's got a contract with Green Bay. Sounds like he may be Open for a trade? What do you think? Where does he play in in twenty twenty three, or does he play at all?
4: You know, with Aaron Rodgers, I thought I, I I didn't even think of him moving until the very last game when he was asked for his jersey. He was like, oh, "I'm gonna hold on to this one." I'm just like, "Hold yep. up, why? Right? Why is that?" You know, mm-hmm. and and when players do that, it's because they know it's the end of that chapter. I mean, looking at the late quote, Col- you know, Kobe Bryant, we just had yeah. the anniversary passing yesterday. His last game that was the very few games he went to the podium with his jersey on because he knew this was the last time I'm going to take it off and I'm never going to put this Laker Jersey on again. And so when you have athletes come to terms with that, it's almost like, whoa, like you really, you're really going to leave. And so for Rogers, I feel like he has a sense of unfinished business, you know, was what, 2011, Mm -hmm. uh, the last time that they won. And so it's like so many years have passed and like, he's had great seasons, but it's like, was that a fluke? You know what I mean? Like, you know, we thought that you were going to have something special And, I mean, I'm going to throw a real curveball, real, real curveball, out the box thinking, let's say Brady goes back to the Patriots, what if Rodgers does go to the Raiders, reunites with Devontae Adams, I mean, they already have that connection there, too, I mean, that could be on someone's bucket wish list, because sometimes a change of scenery is all you need, and we saw that with Tom Brady, you know, he went to the Buccaneers and flourished in more ways, you know, on social. I've never heard Brady talk that much. I've never heard Brady (laughs) laugh, really, you know. Right, yeah. thing you know, he's doing TikToks and talking in selfie cam, and I'm like, who is this man right here? So, Mm. you know, sometimes you need that change to really unlock that next level of competitiveness that you need to sustain yourself in the NFL.
2: All right, we got championship games coming up on Sunday in the AFC, the Chiefs versus the Bengals, and on the NFC side, you've got the 49ers taking on the Eagles. What's your Super Bowl matchup?
4: My Super Bowl matchup, off the top of my head, not thinking numbers, is Cincy Philly. Mm, there
5: you go. Um,
4: that is, like, just off the top, you know. I, mm-hmm. I feel like Joe Burrow, like, everyone has given the crown to Patrick, to Josh Allen, and it's like, Joe Burrow is looking like he's high key that dude, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, he, you know, what he's been able to do with the Bengals, let's say that name again, the Bengals, has been nothing short but amazing. I mean, not so long ago, they were the joke of the NFL, and now they're the cool kids on the street. You know, you got Jamar Chase, you got Mixon, you got Burrow, and you have them. They're on a 10 game, they haven't lost since October. Right. They're like that silent dark horse that everybody rode off, and it's like, uh, they were talking about the neutral side and all that. So he was like, get your refunds because, you know, we're <laughs> we're going to go ahead and do this. And, you know, if you guys don't remember the game from last year, ASC Championship, they came back. They were down. I believe like 21 to 3 or something like that. Ended up winning in overtime. Like that shows a different level of, you know, never being out. And I feel mm-hmm. like Burrow has really kind of, worked in silence in a way, despite his accolades being loud. Um, I just feel like everyone's kind of waiting because it's the Bengals and we're so used to the cheese, you know? And so I could see him beating Mahomes, especially if Mahomes is not at 100%. Um, and as far as the Philly-San Francisco game, I have a lot of family, a lot of family that are uh, 49ers fans. My older brother uh, was a 49ers fan. And so I know for them, I hope they're not listening, they're going to be like, uh, <laughs> be like, you're disowned. Um, but, you know, I think with them, I trust Jalen Hurts a, a little more than Brock Purdy. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like the defense with the you know 49ers have been nothing short of impressive. I mean, they've allowed the the fewest uh, points per game since 2019 in the playoffs. So that's not for nothing, right? The, they're also trying to get over that hump. They've been in this position before the last couple of the last couple of years. But I think with Philly, you know, with Jalen Hurts coming back and him being a mobile quarterback and him having, you know, that experience, I mean, the Eagles were no joke this season either. You know, I mean, they they were able to sustain themselves pretty long. So uh, I know they say defense was championships, but the Eagles are also number one in total defense. So they might be the most balanced team going into the Super Bowl.
1: Boom, I like it. That's the same two teams I picked. I picked Philly and Cincy, and we'll see. Obviously, we'll be in Arizona uh, in the you a know, couple couple weeks or whatever it's for uh, for that game. I'm excited about that, whoever's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, you mentioned Kobe. We talked yesterday about Kobe. It's been three years since he passed away, and that flew by. Those three years flew by. Uh, what do you think when that date pops up, that January 26th, what goes to your mind as as a L.A. resident, as a Kobe fan, a Laker, you know, all that, what goes to your mind?
4: It's a, you know, it's a bittersweet feeling and I'll explain that. So the bitter part is obviously the passing, right? The shock, the, it it still doesn't feel real. Like to your point, three years flew by. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always think about where I was. I was actually at Dodger stadium when I found out the news and, you know, it was like a, a beacon calling where like, after I was done at Dodger stadium, I came home, I literally put my Kobe jersey on and I went straight to Staples center. Like, it wasn't even like I didn't message my friends that they were going. It was just like, I have to go, so I'm going. Mm-hmm. And then I get there and you see thousands of fans that had the exact same feeling, you know, that exact same pool. And that was the sweet part, right? Because you see so many people that showed up to, you know, I got there, you know, fairly quickly, you know, in the in matter of like, you know, a couple hours. And when I was there, there was hundreds of flowers, hundreds of photos, basketballs, pictures, like everywhere candles visuals spelling out his name in candles like it was something it gives me chills now just thinking about it um and then you realize the the part where the city rallied around such a tragic event you know we literally had our city buses our city buses right like you know taking passengers and it would say the destination and then it would go away and it would come back up and it would say rap kobe wow our mta buses would do that every train station had rp like that's wow. something monumental like from our i remember driving and i would see the buses and it would say r.i.p kobe all right mamba forever yeah. the movie theaters that the, the the theaters around la that you can are old school and you can rearrange the letters put rest in peace mamba and Gigi. like it was one of those things where it didn't matter if you were a basketball fan it didn't matter if you're a la resident you felt that loss like deep in your soul and then you know you do that part and then you think of the fact that you know A.D. hit that game winner and and said, Kobe, you know, as soon as he hit it. You think of, you know, the fact that they won the championship that year. You think of all those things and you look at the fact that the Dodgers also won the championship. The Dodgers also, you know, had that rallying moment in a sense. And so it's one of those things where it doesn't feel real. You know, Mamba forever. You can't go anywhere in L.A. without seeing a a Kobe mural, Mm -hmm. you know, every three or four blocks. You know, yep. whether it's Kobe or Gigi or or the Mamba symbol or something, he's so deep rooted in this, you know, in this town and will be, you know, forever as well as the world. Um, but, you know, I posted on Instagram uh, a picture of me and Kobe that I took with him at Barnes and Noble. I went to his, you know, his book signing and mm. I have a, a signed book of Legacy and the Queen. And that was the only picture I have with him where I was actually able to be a fan. I mean, Q, you know, and I'm sure everyone that works in the industry, you know, like you're around athletes and people all the time, but you can't show how excited you are to meet them. You know, you literally have to have, Oh, Hey, great to meet you. Hey, here's, I'm doing my job. Great. See you later. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I covered, you know, some of Kobe's career. You know, I, I went to his last game and things like that. And I was never able to be like a fan, right? Because I always was at work. And so, i won like this lottery thing to go to his book signing it was in newport beach and i drove out there and i was like wow like i get to be a fan today like i just get to be a kobe fan like that's rare and so i went and i talked to him for a few minutes and i shook his hand and i was like hi like you know i was like i didn't even mention that i covered him i was just like i'm a huge (laughs) fan." Family loves you like you know. My my dad loves basketball because of you. Me and my dad's relationship is amazing because we watch sports because of you. Like, just thank you for everything you did for the city. And he was like, "Of course." And he was like, "I appreciate you watching. Like, it's always important to have young fans and like fem- like women fans to like support us." And I shook my hand, took a picture, and that was, I believe, like just like three months before his passing. Oh, so wow. to have that moment as a fan, right? I he knows how much I respect him as a reporter. He knows, you know what I mean. He knows yeah. all that part. But it's like to have that fan human connection moment, like it's something I will cherish always. And for any reporter or, you know, person that gets made fun of, I waited six hours in this. like, there's a reason for that, you know, because mm-hmm. those, those are the things you're going to cherish with you as a fan of any sport or of any player. So Mamba forever and Gigi as well.
1: Man, that's awesome. That's a hell of a story right there, man. I, I, I like that. I'm glad, I'm glad we went down that avenue and asked that question because I was not aware of that. That's a, that's a fantastic story right there. Well, you mentioned that you're going to be at the Pro Bowl, uh, here in Vegas. Uh, is that what's next on the docket for you? Cause I know, like I said, you got so much going on. What, what you got coming up that we, uh, we should be aware of? yeah um well
4: make sure you guys follow along instagram Elisa hernandez tv um but yeah i'll be at the pro bowl uh, we're really excited for the pro bowl games i know people are interested to see how this is all going to play out flag football um we've we have some great offensive coordinator um guests you know guests which is diana flores from the women's national team in mexico that won the world championship in flag football as well as vanita from the u.s side who came in second and they're going to be offensive corners on the sideline for the Pro Bowl game. So I'm super excited um, to see the Skills Challenge. I'll be down there all week, uh, you know, bugging Q, <laughs> 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 to, you know, doing some great content down there for Snap, which is a Latino account for the NFL. And then, you know, once that's wrapped up, it's a short flight uh, to Arizona uh, mm-hmm. to get things started for Super Bowl coverage, Super Bowl 57, and kind of everything going on down there uh, with just uh, everything. You know, like the landscape, we have Lucinda who designed the Super Bowl ticket, um she's of aztec you know uh, heritage i believe she's mexican-american nice. and and she designed this amazingly beautiful uh intricate super bowl ticket that you know we're going to showcase all over arizona so i'm excited for that i'm excited for the Super Bowl. It's always, it's always fun. Um, and that just means that once it's over, we count down the days until the next one. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's always the best part.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, keep up the great work. You're doing a lot, like I said, a lot of fantastic stuff. Continue to follow you on Twitter to make sure, uh, I keep up with everything that you got going on. Uh, when you get down here to Vegas for the Pro Bowl, make sure you hit me up. We'll, uh, we'll make sure to do some things. And then, of course, you'll be in Arizona as well for the Super Bowl. So I'm sure we'll link up there as well. But, I uh, definitely appreciate you as always.
4: As always, thank you guys. The show is the best. I always love coming on and, and talking to you guys, um, so appreciate it. E Hernandez TV on Twitter, Elisa Hernandez TV on Instagram, and uh, L Snap NFL. So make sure you guys follow us on all those platforms.
1: Boom, done deal. Appreciate you, Alicia. Good stuff, good stuff. Great stuff from Elisa Hernandez right there. Uh, great great to have her on. It's always good to catch up with her, and we'll catch up with her when she gets down here to Las Vegas, and uh, we'll see her in Arizona as well. So there you go. Uh, the Pro Bowl. It's funny to say the Pro Bowl is right around the corner. It really is, but it's, it's, it's going to be in our backyard, Daman.
2: And I like she promoted it enough for to get me excited because I've kind of been like ah you know flag football let's see yeah, the, uh, yeah I'm like now the, I'm a little bit more excited be, than I was
1: it's gonna be interesting to see how they do it right just to see how it kind of plays out that's that's gonna be the interesting part how they how they do that Max Crosby made them change the game Max Crosby went so hard in the in the pro Bowl that they said nah you know what we're gonna have to. We're going to have to make it a flag football game. So that that's, uh, that's that. But the whole week leading up to the Pro Bowl will be fun. Being able to catch up with some of the players, uh, It's gonna that's going to be good stuff. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's a blessing to be where we are and have the access to what we have. I mean, think about it. we got the Shrine Bowl next week. We've got the Pro Bowl next week. Uh, the Senior Bowl is going to be going on. Obviously, that's not here in Vegas. But still, I mean, there's so much access going on. We'll be at the Raider facility some next week. Uh, just – Everything, man. Allegiant Stadium is a game changer, uh, and we're we're blessed to be able to you know even be associated with. It. Let's go out with the to the phone lines real quick. Again, we got Carolina Teague coming up at four o'clock. But uh, let's go out and talk to who? Uh, who do you say is up? We got Pete in Carolina. Pete, Carolina, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hugh, how are you? I'm blessed, fantastic. How are you doing?
5: I, I'm doing very well, and I'm blessed as well. I, I, I wanted to compliment one thing about you. I, I know how you try to maintain your objectivity. But I love the fact that your Raider fandom bleeds through, which is important. I think that's an important aspect to what we as fans enjoy about your shows. Um, One of the things I I have a question about has to do with Stidham. I'm a little confused as to why he doesn't seem to be considered by the pundits that are out there as to be the starting quarterback. The Raiders need a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball, and we need at least one linemen that can come in from college that can that can that that can pick us up on the right side of the line Mm -hmm. and looking at the team when I look at Stidham and I look at what and 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 please school me on this but Stidham played extremely well against the 49ers and I don't think he played extremely bad against the Chiefs I think the Chiefs just schooled us as a team
1: (laughs) yeah they did (laughs)
5: am I missing something there
1: no, no, not at all. Great call, as a matter of fact. Not at all. You're, you're spot on. He played great against San Francisco. Now they lost, but he played great against them. And then, uh, he played, oh, I think I played good against, uh, against the Chiefs, but the Chiefs were just that much better. Uh, the thing about it is, I, I think that it's, for me, I look at the, the quarterbacks in the AFC West and I see Patrick Mahomes, I see Russell Wilson, I see Justin Herbert, and I say, is Jared Stidham a guy that can, Sling it with those guys. And he might not have to sling it with those guys. But I just, I wonder, is he a guy that could do it? And I think, Pete, the biggest issue for me, why I can't just dive in and say, yeah, Jarrett Stidham's a guy, because the sample size of what we saw was so small. That's, that, I think is, that hurts him in the long run. I mean, and honestly, it might help the Raiders in the long run that it was only a small sample size, because that's the reason I don't think that teams uh, outside of the Raiders organization are going to be knocking his door down to be their quarterback. Because it was only a two-game sample size, and you just don't want to fall for that and it might not be a banana in the tailpipe. It might not be. But, you know, remember back in the day we saw Matt Flynn go in in Green Bay and do really well against Detroit and got a big-time deal by Seattle and then didn't do anything, gets traded to the Raiders and didn't do anything. And, you know, basically was it was nobody really good. He just won a meaningless game and put up some big numbers in a meaningless game. And there's been other quarterbacks that have gone out there and done some things, and, and you'll see a team sign them, and it's like, yeah, that guy's not really that great. I think that Jared Stidham is a good quarterback, but that's what I think. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's got the potential to be great. I think that's the best way to word it. Um, you know, I think there's so much unknown still when it comes to him. That's probably why he's not being talked about like that. I think right now he's the most valuable to the Raiders. I don't think he's valuable to the rest of the teams in the league. As a qualified backup, sure. But for the Raiders, he's literally – very valuable to them because he knows the system. If something were to happen, he could slide in in a pitch, and it would be no problem. I think that's the best way to sum it up, but the small sample size is a gift for the Raiders, but it's also a curse. I think it's probably the best way to say it. 3.57 is the time. Thank you for that call. Coming up next, we'll kick off hour number three of the show, Carolina Teague. She's going to enjoy the show. We'll talk a little Royal Rumble. This is Randish Radio 920.